And I don't mean to be an old man, but can we turn the light up a little? Because I cannot see anything. Yeah, I feel like it's pretty dark in here. I'm sorry, Jeremy. I know that, you know. Yeah, except for I'm old and I can't fucking see. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh. Oh, my goodness. Under the cover. What the hell was that? Come on. You got to be kidding me. Haunted? We are doing the Twilight. I think that was the cats. That was, that was not, not the, the cat. Cats. That sounds like one of those horror movies. Like, oh, it was the wind. Under a cover of constant darkness. Who's going to check it? There I'm not going to lie. Why I, does some I shit always have to last... go down whenever well, I can? I don't know, but it's behind you. I watch. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah. if it comes through that door, I will tell you while I'm <laughs> screaming and running away. <laughs> well, Eddie will be attacked first. Eddie, why don't you go investigate that strange noise in the bedroom? I've never given much thought to the way I would die, <laughs> but dying for someone that I love doesn't seem so bad. Welcome to Three and a Half Gentlemen, <laughs> the podcast where three of the four hosts <laughs> provide a refined and intellectual analysis of movies from our private collections and a guest who tries desperately to keep up will let you decide which host is which. But for now, my name is Sean and with me are my co-hosts, Jeremiah. What up, yo? <laughs> Eddie or Edward? Hi, guys. And tonight, a very special guest. We might as well make her permanent. Selena. 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 With every review, we let you how many... God dang it. Stop laughing. With every review, we tell you how many drinks it takes to get through each movie selection. At the end of the podcast, we rate the movie based on a scale of zero to five. Zero is the perfect film that you can watch Stone Cold Sober, and five is a terrible film that you have to be blackout drunk to enjoy. In addition to our review, we pair our selection with a cocktail that we hope will enhance the viewing experience. We invite you now to shake, stir, or mix the cocktail that we've chosen and settle in for what we hope will be an engaging review. For legal reasons, we don't condone or encourage anyone under the age of 21 to drink along with us. And of course, because we live in a ridiculous society where people are stupid, stupid, we must ask you please not to drink and drive if you're listening to us in the car. Selena, what wondrous movie do we have on tap for this evening? Tonight, we've got something extra special. Unfortunately, this film didn't win our audience selection for our Halloween season, but the host thought we should do it anyway because it got so much interest. So tonight, we're reviewing the 2008 romantic fantasy film, Twilight. Question. Romantic fantasy, is that a... Is that is that a criteria like a, a standard by which we judge movies? Is this like a sex comedy again? I think it's just for all those <laughs> hopeful romantics, not hopeless. I think hopeful. this is a, I think this is a horror movie. I, I would say it does feel a little horror. Was, I'm sorry, I was so kidding. Going, it's so a later. little voyeur, I think. <laughs> Very intimate. <laughs> so, based on Stephanie Meyer's novel of the same name, Twilight is the first film in the Twilight Saga, and it stars Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. This film focuses on the development of the relationship between Bella Swan and Edward Cullen, a vampire, and the subsequent efforts of Edward and his family to keep Bella safe from a coven of evil vampires. Oh, I definitely, this is this movie wanted me make become a vampire instantly afterwards. Why, you wow. want to be like James? <laughs> I, no. Okay, after watching this movie, I literally wanted somebody to bite me so I could be a vampire. <laughs> My sister slept with her window open to try and coax in vampires. <laughs> Eddie, take us through the cocktails. 
<laughs> oh. As we mentioned, with each movie, we try to pair the tone, feel, and overall impact of the story with a cocktail. For instance, when we watch a Bond movie, we pair it with a vodka martini, shaken not stirred, with a lemon pill. Sometimes the drink will be referenced directly in the film, and other times the drink will simply be inspired by the film. Tonight, since this is kind of a pre-audience pick selection, Jeremiah has offered to pick the cocktail. Jeremiah, what do we have? I just want to like just let you know that I was not the only person that had no, this was. movie in their collection. Oh, uh, yeah. Come I'm on, Sean. I'm pretty sure everybody had this movie in their collection. Sean? I, I actually have special steel case editions of <laughs> See? Uh, all four. <clears throat> I knew it. it was just not me on this one. Of course not. So just like Bella, we couldn't figure out if we were on Team Edward or Team Jacob. So we decided, why not go with both, right? That's literally so perfect, and that's my thought process, exactly. <laughs> Two drinks <laughs> for the one movie tonight. One corner, we have Team Edward's drink, The Bite. And the other Bachelor's side, we have the Team Jacob's drink, The Shapeshifter. Is it ironic that it comes with ice cream, Jacob's drink? Why is oh. that? Wait, oh. why? Are we making fun of Jacob? Maybe a little. Okay, okay. continue. Mm. <laughs> well, both drinks we thought would be the perfect pair for you flightless birds out there tonight. Jacob's drink does not taste good. <laughs> <laughs> Team Edward. To make the bite, you'll need white rum, cranberry juice, creme de framboise. No, it's framboise. Framboise. Liqueur. 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 And lime juice. <laughs> We've had a couple of these flambois. <laughs> I'm going to do it again. No, it sounds great. <laughs> this cocktail should be served shaken in a champagne flute. To make the shapeshifter, you will need cranberry juice, blueberry juice, grenadine, vodka, club soda, and a garnished scoop of vanilla ice cream. But we used chocolate because it's all we had. Bad choice. For a complete <laughs> recipe, please see our website at thegentlemanpodcast.com. Eddie, Eddie, with a review. All right. To give a little background on our selection process, for the first season, we'll be reviewing movies that are important to each of us. These are the movies that we feel in some way have shaped our stories throughout our time. Why do I skip a button? I keep skip- <laughs> You skip a word. You know what this is like? It's like that movie where the guy kept coming out on the roof. Line, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about. The gym, the uh, no, I was thinking, is, I did not kill her. I did bad, not. This is a bad sentence. This is okay. a very bad sentence. It says to it's give not, a little a great... background of our selection process for the first season. We'll be reviewing movies that are important we to each of up. us. You said for the first season, it's for this first season. So oh I keep saying for God. the first season. Okay, that's not your mistake. Oh, <clears> to give a little background on our selection process for the first season, we'll be reviewing movies that are important to each of us. These are movies that we feel have in some way shaped how stories have been told throughout time and even how they'll be told in the future on screen. There needs to be a comma right there. So we won't be talking <laughs> the movie straight through. Instead, we'll let our conversations flow naturally that's it we'll be touching on different film aspects including plot characters direction music cinematography and anything else that might come up okay, i'm not gonna lie that was the most tedious and <laughs> difficult intro oh we have God. ever had on yeah, three and a half sh- gentlemen it should have been done a long time ago oh, you started it's, my fault. Fault. it's my fault it was the bite it was the bite it was. <laughs> these drinks are horrible so let's t- <laughs> let's start by kind of talking about vampires in general and the impact this movie had because i think what's interesting about about this movie is that it subverted expectations with regard to what you had in your mind about vampires. We've all seen the old, um, no, maybe we haven't, the Christopher Lee or the Bela Lugosi, yeah, Bela Gosi Dracula, even through Interview with the Vampire with Brad Pitt and uh, the short one, Tom Cruise. Um, wow. Yeah, so wow. That's, that was, yeah. yeah. 
That's no, how I us, remember him. You no, know, he has to stand five, on a seven, box. Five, eight people, seriously, we're a little offended by that. I love Tom Cruise. <laughs> so yeah, I agree short. with you, Sean. Like going into this movie, no one, you all already thought in your head, vampires is a certain way. It's, it's always stayed to the same strip what a vampire is. I want to suck your blood. You know, and they always wore a cape. They somehow turned into a bat, and, or you know, and sunlight they burn. Right, there's certain steps of a vampire, and there's rules. Garlic, right? you know, yeah. garlic. They can't have garlic. I don't know all that type of stuff. There are right. so many rules regarding about the vampire legacy and everything like that. Why do I feel like you've read a book like recently about this? I don't know. What <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely give this movie a lot of credit because it actually brought the resurgence of vampires in just motion picture in cinema. Without this movie, you would not have True Blood or Vampire Diaries, or all the other vampire movies that came out sure. around this time. Yeah. It really actually brought it to the public when you think about it. I think not only that is it, it showed you could, you could rewrite the rules. You could bring vampires into the world in a different way and have different type of a different type of setting and a different type of feeling. I mean, cin- cinematographically, this movie—I did it right, Brandon. You did it right. Uh, <laughs> cinematographically, um, this movie has a tone that's all its all its own. It kind of is half horror, half spooky, half old, but super modern. It's got kind of a really good mix. Let's not forget the romance part. Let's not forget the romance part. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so one of the things that I always remark uh, in my notes and every time I see a movie is the over narration. So I think why it didn't bother me in this movie is because I read the books first and that shit is nothing but Bella complaining about how her heart feels for four novels. And so okay, that is pretty true. Now that I, I stopped at book three. I stopped at book one. Well, yeah, maybe it is. No, it is three books. Is, wait, is it no, four? No, there's, there's four. four. There's, I believe there's four. Oh, there's yeah. five movies. And I think there's another book in Edward's point of view. Well, like there's that. also one from a weird, uh, like a... No, a, I'm pretty sure Breaking Dawn has two parts. That in the movies, but not in the books. Oh, so yeah, you're right. Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, and then Breaking Dawn. And the movie yes. was split, Breaking Dawn part one. So yes, yes, you're right. But what was the Edward's point of view? There I don't think book. that was a thing. I think there was one from the an, another vampire who got killed in the story. Okay, because that's really sad that I even knew something about that, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very, yeah. <clears throat> Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the actors, about, you know, Kristen Stewart. This is kind of Kristen Stewart before Kristen Stewart was, you a know. Thing. This, this movie is a come out movie for her, I believe. Uh, it definitely, I mean, there's other movies that she was in prior to this, but I feel like this movie definitely put her on the map in a whole nother light. Uh, I, I think after this, I mean, everyone wanted to cast her. I think she has to thank her friend, Emile Hirsch, you know, from uh, Lords of Dogtown, which Catherine uh, Hedrick actually directed who's also the, the actor from um, The Girl Next Door. Yes. He actually recommended Kristen Stewart to Catherine, like, hey, he, she should play this part. And that's pretty much what happened. Wasn't he in Speed Racer, too? That was a dope movie. It was. Uh, I wouldn't... Uh, well, wait, wait, wait. I call it... Uh, no, I mean, that was like pretty dope. Over that was pretty here. dope. Anyway, um, so one of the things that I did not like about Kristen Stewart was her pausing. The way she delivered her lines felt... Mm. It, Felt like she just couldn't get him out, and I just wanted to reach into the screen and be like, "Just speak, <laughs> woman." She, like she would, the way that she would purse her lips was almost like, um, "I I got to say something, but I, I, I don't know how to get it out." <laughs> like I just felt like anxiety the whole time watching her. Like she was just like, "I think that's just Come her." Come on, girl. Just, I remember in Panic Room, she was that way. In Panic Room. I never I'm, saw that. Oh, uh, with Jodie uh, Foster. Jodie Foster. Yeah, that was the David Fincher movie. You don't like David Fincher movies. I don't like David Fincher. <laughs> but yeah, I do. Uh, like, it was just like, speak! 
Yeah, Speak, she, woman. Get it out. She's gotten better. Oh, yeah. But in wait, time. at the same time, I do feel like she reflected the character that was in the book really well. So I feel like this movie, kind of like what Perks of Being a Wallflower did for Logan Lerman, I feel like the way that she was with this movie, she played that character so well that she, that's the only type of character she was good at playing. Right. So in other types of movies... Because she's kind of gone on to play stronger, more like outspoken, badassy women. Yeah, but it, it just, just doesn't, doesn't work. work. The Runaways. Yeah, and well, she's in the new Charlie's Angels, too. Mm-hmm. I think she's the... Um, oh, my God. Yeah, I know. She's too. always going to be that awkward Twilight girl. Uh, yeah, I feel like... I feel like yeah, that's right. I Although I did like her in that uh, Snow White movie with the... the yeah, Huntsman. that's the true. Huntsman. The Huntsman. Yeah. <laughs> so um, one of the other things that I think we can't ignore is the impact or the, the gravitas this movie kind of brought to theaters. So you had... You were kind of running on the high of Harry Potter. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot. 2008 was probably Order of the Phoenix. Somebody check me on that it one. It was Order of the Phoenix right before uh, Half-Blood Prince. Right. So yeah. in between those two Jeez. movies and you had Look kind that. of uh, Robert Pattinson coming off of movie number four where he didn't really play that big of a role um, in the book. It was much bigger. Go ahead. But we all kind of go, oh, well, that's such a diggery. Said, yeah, Cedric. Yeah. Yeah. We got excited. So He lives. <laughs> so one of the things that... <laughs> Spoiler alert if you haven't watched Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Uh, anyway, so one of the things that I felt like the like the audiences were clambering for something uh, on the hills of Harry Potter that was mystical and magical and kind of had the same tone to it. I think what this movie did, and it did really successfully, that it opened the door for other young adult novels such as films and series like The Hunger Games, uh, Divergent, yeah. Maze Runner. Ender's Game, which was only one movie, and The Horrible Fifth Way. All those series fifth and movies... Wave? Is it The Fifth Way? I think it was The Fifth Wave. Oh, whatever. It was that bad. <laughs> but all these movies and series Paved the way. came out because of the success of Twilight. Yeah. Hands down. You would not have any of those like franchise films. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I remember going to see us in theaters, so I knew nothing about it, and it was before I read the novels, and me and my mom were... It was like a Thursday morning... And mom was like, hey, have you heard about this this movie Twilight? And I was like, first of all, you said we should go to see Harry Potter in the theaters. I was like, that's a kid's movie. I don't want to see it. And I was so this this came around. I was like, all right, I got to listen to her because she knows good movies. And we were in the theaters at 10 o'clock in the morning with literally 40 or 50 girls who every time all these guys got a scream, they would just go off and they'll the electricity in the theater was like, oh, this, this shit has some staying power. Like, people love this. Yes. So I think now, looking back, it, it was 10 years old now, 11 years old. It just feels, it, it doesn't have maybe have that sparkle on it left over. But this, <laughs> you have to understand that at the time, this movie was the like the benchmark for cool. This was pop culture cool. in so many ways so, in the late 2000s. Yeah, so 2008, okay. This is the year I graduated high school, guys. I was the girl that was into this. I had the t-shirts made. You were the demographic. I was it. And I went to all the premieres, all the midnight premieres. And let me just tell you that. that when each character, like Sean was saying, came in, every girl was screaming. I mean, it was something like I've never experienced before. Eddie and, Eddie and I actually went to go see this movie together. Oh, yes. God. Yeah. Oh, no. my God. But I remember we came out and we're just like, I liked it. So there's a book, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, we both looked at each other like, so I trying not to look at each other's eyes. <laughs> Did you like it? No, no. Uh, no. But yeah, but no, there's a, it, was, it was all right. It was but cool. there's a book, right? <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, I'm not going to get it. <laughs> but what's it called? Yeah. Oh, New Moon? Sure. What yeah. a dumb title. So we were in college. 2008. I was reading this on the bus yeah, going I remember, to I remember that. games. Everyone used to haggle you, but then they... Uh, but then everyone they, read and it and yeah, was like... Everyone <laughs> ended up watching it. <laughs> no, but I was I was kind of... Uh, yeah, I was like you. I was I was into it. I was into the story. So I'm a huge sucker for vampires. Me anything too. Vampires, anything really mystical at all, I'm, I'm huge, mm-hmm. huge into I like it, the so. way it started through a loop, too, how you, you start in Arizona and it's right. just like... Oh, what's going on here? I don't like how it started, actually. The camera was just like, you know, I'm not trying to do this to get on your skin and shit. But seriously, I didn't really care for, like, I'm in the woods hunting a the fucking The jerky camera deer. motion yeah. that you couldn't follow that made you sick? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was just kind of too much. Like, ooh, what's going on? What's in this? Ooh, I'm going to catch a deer. Ah, okay. That scares me, you know? This was kind of the popular time to do that jerky, terrible camera movement. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so one of the things that struck me instantly was the soundtrack and how great the yeah. music was. Absolutely wonderful. And what, like, uh, I mean, I'm going to keep going back, and I don't want to give this movie more credit than it deserves. I mean, I mean it's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I feel like this movie brought back a bunch of bands that were kind of like people had stopped listening to or forgotten about. Mm -hmm. I remember um, I was really into the killers at the time. So when the second one came out, they did white demon love song and it's like, it revitalized my interest in some of these alternative, you know, alternative songs. I'm going to talk a little bit about this soundtrack because for me, I think it's one of the best soundtracks that was ever actually made for a feature film. One this is kind of like crazy about this the soundtrack. It was the first soundtrack debuted number one before the movie actually came out. And that was the first time that it ever happened next to uh, 8 Mile and everything like that. Yeah. It sold over 165,000. Overall, it sold over 2 million copies. And what it did actually, it actually opened the door for music for alternative folk, indie. You know, everything yeah. that was brought into the public, it brought like a whole kind of a culture experience for people to listen to new music that it kind of changed how people listen to music. I'm just going to let that know. Maybe it was me because that was the first time I ever heard Iron Wine, which completely like just opened my whole door to every other type of like folk music soundtrack. That was a song that, I mean, I just knew everyone was like, I'm going to get married to this song. There's so many weddings to that. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. yeah. It was this. So one of the things I think the movie did was bring back music listening as a pastime. So like, I mean, who didn't want Edward's Room? It was the coolest room Bad in the world. Ass. Yeah, of course he was listening to Debussy. And of course he was. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so but he had records, he had CDs, he had a lifetime of music, and it was almost like it reintroduced to this generation that was really at that point going digital. Everything was digital. Yeah. Uh, you had like Napster in two thousand one, and you know all those uh, download sites, and then LimeWire, yeah, LimeWire, <laughs> and then you had like <laughs> iTunes and all this shit. When you got to this movie, it's almost like, and I, I, I was struck every time I watch it. Uh, it merges old and new in a way that is cool and retro, and you hadn't seen that really before. I think it single-handedly brought back Ray-Bans uh, when, you know, Edward also, Cullen had... Also Peacoats. Oh, yeah. And Peacoats. And the hairstyle. And the Edward Winsor Yeah, the hairstyle. one that you're, that you're rocking right now I purposely still, on. I still rock. Yeah. Yeah, there's but, a wave yeah. that you can't see it, but Sean just did the hair wave, <laughs> hair flip. Ray-Bans were cool. I, 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 don't, I feel a little bit also with this movie, I think it because it, for all of us, it... It hit us a spot in our time. 2008, we were all, you know, right there, you know, young and youthful. You know, is that a word? Yeah. yeah sure. uh, but it was, but like on IMBD, IMDb, right? It's a 5.2 out of 10. 
So it's kind of low, but I'm surprised with that. That just shows you that people don't know good quality. I, I know, but I'm so, you have to think like people past our age now, like the ones that are coming up, would they watch this? How would they think? And See, also, and in, in people, our parents and our grandparents, did they watch this? I, I really want to know. It, it, it does have a, like a target audience. It did. So it was like kind of like that more youthful generation, the ones who are looking for love or in a new love. And I feel like if you were older... It was a hit or miss if they're, you're going to like it or not. And then it was just a little bit too mature for like younger kids. So. I, I think it's because the whole thing about a vampire, like, oh, my vampire should not be sparkling. Mm-hmm. My vampire should yeah. not be vegan, a vegan vampire. Yeah, my vampire, my vampire should, should be should nice. Be scary and stuff like that. And I think that kind of like, it was kind of like almost like a joke in a weird way, yeah. you know, like, oh, okay. Yeah, I remember so people So he's going to be just, a, you know, like looks like, he looks like he's seriously like constipated every time he's yeah, but, trying to fight his Or urges. Jasper. But the show Vampire Diaries went Jasper. for like seven seasons. Mm-hmm. So yeah. don't tell me there wasn't an audience for this. Like, people love this. Yeah, but Vampires. Teenage vampire. But there was a like, lot of people that felt that way that Jeremy was saying. There's a site. My, this is not. This a, isn't vampire. This is yeah. a vampire. And a lot of people go, "Oh, I'll keep my Lost Boys. You I keep your teen, you know, okay. You keep your teeny yeah. vampire sparkling motion." I gotcha. So <clears throat> as we go, let's let's kind of get into yeah, let's get into the into the story a little bit. Um, after Arizona, we arrive in the town of Forks. Uh, that town the, got a lot of the credit. The town, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, did anyone look up if it was real or not? It is. It is. Oh, nice. Uh, one of our market people, marketing people, actually visited there this early this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, there's like a whole tour thing. Uh, there's a vampire tour and a. Well, I don't know, tour? but you actually get to hang out with like wolves. The and high school. Like that, and also, you know. there's the high school. Pretty awesome. I was jealous. I want to go there. So, um, from the story perspective, let's. I mean, just kind of keep introducing some characters. Her dad. So Billy Burke is the actor that played her dad, and I, for some reason. Totally connected with Charlie. This guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Charlie. <laughs> he was like that dad that has the 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 teenage daughter and is kind of awkward because he doesn't know how to like be with his daughter because she's getting older. But he like loved her and just wanted to protect her and be there for her. But it was just like trying to figure out, okay, what's my role? How do I act with her? Just, just but a, she was awkward too, so it was just even. Just the car ride in was made me laugh. I was like, oh yeah. They just pretty much the same personality, and they're yeah. just quiet. That's yeah. funny. They they literally were almost the same personality. Because he looked equally as like like it was difficult to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I like too is like he bought her a car. He got her tires when it was about to get like a little cold. Like clearly he cared a great deal for her. And then um, you got introduced also to Jacob, which is the younger son of his you know Taylor his Lautner. Best friend. Yeah, Taylor Lautner. Um, anyone else just like that hair, man, that long hair was just God. It was awful. I never, ever have liked long hair on guys, but I just thought he was not really good in this movie as just as acting wise. It felt like he was trying to like, when he was saying his lines, like I need to remember my lines to the point where just like, all right, yeah, we used to make mud pies. (laughs) Did I get it right? Did I get it right? (laughs) Yeah, but me and every other girl at the time didn't care about the acting. We were just like, oh, Taylor Lautner. Let me ask you something now. Was it that movie or was it when New Moon came out where he yes. just like, New you know, Moon. Okay, I'm about oh, to geez. say. New Moon. And he got jacked. Night and Day with that. With okay, both films. it was Night and Day. <laughs> and he, right. grew, he grew up. Yeah. It's into steroids. Um, anyway, all, all, so I know, <laughs> well, all I know is I couldn't stop thinking of Taylor Lautner uh, in 2005, Cheaper by the Dozen. I was like, is this the same Taylor Lautner? I was like, that was, I kind of feeling the same thing. What Jeremy was saying is this. This guy looks like he's out of 
his element a little bit. That's ironic because this movie kind of had some starts and stops in production. And one of the actors that they were, uh, the Stephanie Meyer really had in mind when she was creating the character of Emmett was Tom Welling, who was also in cheaper by the dozen. So this kind of, this movie had a whole different cast, a whole different feel that Stephanie Meyer, the author of the original novel was pushing. Wasn't Superman. That's, that's uh that's, yeah, I just Tom Welling. That's Tom Welling. No, Superman, the new, the new Superman. Uh, Robert Henry Pattinson. Henry, he was actually supposed to be the first choice for so, uh, uh, Edward. Oh, maybe. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Yeah. Calm um, down, Selena. So, Calm yeah, down, Selena. Ironically, <laughs> Calm down, babe. Uh, by, by the way, the new Superman is Robert Pattinson. No, that's no, he's the new, new Batman. Batman. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. He's really? the new Superman. Fact check yourself, There's no dude. one doing Superman anymore because everyone's upset about Superman. Okay, so then we go to school, and I think this honestly is one of the best introductions of a character ever. You've got Bella sitting with her friends, and she looks through like the at the, the lunch room. Lunch, yes. Who are they? Yeah. And who are they? And it's like they're all wearing white. They so all are cool. just beautiful people. Jasper, I'm Team Jasper. Oh, I, I know. Love Jasper, Jasper is my favorite. I like so, Emmett. Emmett was cool. I don't know why. Okay, we have all our favorites, okay? Yeah. Well, Edward was obviously my <laughs> you know. favorite. Well, everyone's no. like, choose between Edward Ashley and my favorite. Jacob. And Ashley? I'm like, Jasper oh, I'm and Alice, you, they're the best you mean Alice. <laughs> Alice was my favorite. Yeah, Alice was your favorite. I remember that. <laughs> Jasper, I mean, he was a civil in the Civil War. I mean... Well, once sorry. you got to know his story, it was, it was kind of, incredible. All those stories were kind of incredible. Anyway, uh, so one of the greatest introductions is you have all these vampires that you know are vampires, or at least you kind of suspect. I mean, going I into know. the movie. And they're all dressed in white. <laughs> And you're like, well, where's your dark cape? Where's your cowl? And they're like, pale. Your, yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember the Halloween party where you were a vampire, Eddie, and all you did was lean around corners and hiss at people. And <laughs> that's what I have in my mind as a, a vampire. And so this kind of like, it opened up a whole new new realm. Halloween they was said, funny. We're going to rewrite the idea of what a vampire is. Right. I remember Halloween was funny that year. Just everyone just walked around with a pea coat with Ray-Bans and say, I'm a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did that. I actually yeah. put, I actually put like, you know, like fairy dust on my face and whatnot. So when the light hit me, like sparkled <laughs> oh and everything. Gosh. It was so amazing. So when Edward walked in. Oh yeah. All I have in my notes is fucking Edward gorgeous. That's probably <laughs> one of the best. gorgeous. That's probably, you can't tell me wrong. That's probably one of the coolest walk-ins to a, a movie I can remember. It, like it it's really kind was. of a cool walk-in. Even the music in the background is like, you know, as he walks it was like everything room. around yeah. him froze yeah. and it was just he was the focus and for some reason he's dressed in black no he was in gray he was in gray well he Charcoal wasn't gray, white bro. he wasn't like in the white cult <laughs> and when you when you when you rewatch this movie you realize some of his powers are like oh he can listen to other people he can hear other people's thoughts so he's just laughing at other people like only oh, so like does he have that swoon Kendrick, thing you know where no, the vampire can like, actually like swoon people like and make I, like, them, gl- like, like a glimmer or yeah, glamour or whatever it is it seemed yeah. like that so one of the things that I loved about his introduction and his walk across was so in the book, Stephanie Meyer spends an inordinate amount of time talking about his hair, how it's tawny. <laughs> his hair and dope. so he's got like this, he's got this reddish hair. He's got these eyes that are like golden. And you, I think the eyes really made a, a big difference, uh, was a big opening, eye opening point down, down in the movie. But you have this very interesting looking person, Robert Pattinson. I, I, I don't. I never understood why people thought he was attractive until I saw him in this movie, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I thought he was good looking for Cedric. Oh no, Cedric yeah. Diggory should have been more. Don't get me onto that. We'll talk about this later. We'll after talk about this. that when we do a Harry Potter movie. I'm not gonna lie. When I first saw like the trailer for the movie, and I saw that he was the one who's being cast for Edward, I was really disappointed. But then he played the character so well, he became incredibly attractive after watching him play that role. He did the whole, you know, like smolder thing very well <laughs> yeah 
Oh, and Andrew Kendrick, Anna Kendrick, just oh. acting all jealous. Oh, I love Anna. That was my Me first too. introduction to Anna. I was like, wow, who knew that she was going to be a star? So from Bella, my problem with Bella is that she was intentionally a loner. She like always wanted to be like alone. Like even when she was with people, she was still too cool for school. She was still kind mm-hmm. of closed removed, off. closed off. Yeah. And like when she was in the parking lot, she was talking to them and like listening to her music and holding up a book and like, I'm reading Withering Heights. It was interesting though. I'm going to go back to that lunch scene, I guess, when Bella's sitting down with her new friends and you saw a little bit of, I guess, maturity from her compared to all the people around her were a little immature of the guys. And they're uh, all like, some guy kissed her on the cheek and yeah, they're no, all right? like trying to like swooze her and like, oh, you know, you're my girl, you know, you're my girl. And yeah, then, but at the same time, she didn't have a sense of humor. No, but I'm just saying... <laughs> she, she didn't really have any emotions I, at I all. I think yeah. it was meant to be that way. Is like this guy who walks in, very classy, and it was like, you know, just watch his table, and they just make eye contact nonstop, right? Like, have you not had that in your high school moment when you saw that person, and you guys were just making eye contact, and you're just like, like oh, wow, like this is for real. This is no, I hated cool. high school. I was sitting alone. In it could be in college. <clears throat> Did you hate college, too? Let's actually go into the classroom scene when he, she walks in. The smell. And he gets the smell, which looked like either he was trying to like you know, prevent him to you know get all feast up, or actually try feast not to up. vomit. It was funny. Oh my god, that's he looked like he was trying to vomit. This episode Dude. is feast up. Seriously, feast up. <laughs> he looked like he was trying. He was like, he looked like he was vomiting or something like that. He's like, you know, trying to make like trying to hold something back. It was uh, yeah. really cringy. When I watched this, scene, <laughs> I have I was another like, picture in my head. What I think he was trying to do. <laughs> So one of the things I like, though, about this movie is that it focused so much on Edward and Bella's relationship. The secondary plot that actually came in to close the movie was happening the whole time. It was just like little snippets and pieces. They didn't really focus on on it. There was a bunch of like unexplained animal attacks and you didn't really know what was going on because the the villains didn't become real villains until like 15 minutes from the end of the Mm -hmm. movie. So it was it was just kind of nice to have that slow burn where they could focus on the The love story but still make it entertaining for like everyone else to Mm -hmm. watch that first interaction between bella and edward was very just like oh god this is really just dragging out and everything kind of laughed a little bit just she smelled herself a little bit and it was it made me laugh it definitely looking at it now i realize like okay like the whole barfing was just like, okay kind of doing a little better like (laughs) but you you see it now rewatching the movie it's like oh you know he just Really, really wanted to bite her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did I forget? Did he make a comment to her about her smell? Not yet. No, she. He kind of like stayed away from her in that first little oh, yeah. interaction, okay. and he, then he disappeared from school. Uh, no, for a couple yeah, of he days. went. He asked. Uh, he went to the office and asked, "Hey, can I be transferred to the classroom?" Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah and Bella right. was so upset. Like, I'm just gonna confront him. But she was persistent as fuck. Like, she was just like, "I, I want to know why you don't like me because I think yeah. you're, you know, got gray hair." I mean, that's. I felt like that was her continuing to prod and t- continuing to get into that relationship because everyone else has thought she was like this bright shiny new toy and Edward was actually kind of doing the whole like hey you know I don't care he too was much. hard to get yeah. so of course she like she wanted him anyway so then we get to meet Dr. Cullen for the first time where uh, <clears throat> you're kind of um well after the Not whole yet. like you after know the, he saved her in the, yeah, uh, after in the parking saved, lot right yeah no yeah yeah that's when we first yeah. got your dates. okay so the first time yeah you... because then she gets hit by the car and then dr cullen comes in oh somebody yes. didn't watch the movie it looked no like. first of all i did watch the movie <laughs> and after the incident in the mill we have the the the, the hospital and dr cullen hold on no oh, no, no, no. Your pri- life in the parking lot it's three lines above that yeah. there, there we go, go. Yeah. <laughs> there we 
we go. There we go. Let's try to bring the back. Can we edit that out, please? No. Okay. So, <laughs> so this is after Edward and uh, Bella have talked a little bit now, okay. and they're like still making that eye, long distance eye contact, a little awkward, but at the same time, kind of cool. Like everyone had that little crush in high school or college or whatever, and you just made that eye contact. I did that with Selena. I made. I always would keep looking at her. I remember when we first started dancing. And it was just like, we didn't say they words. We met at the disco, ladies and no, gentlemen. No, we did not. Oh, it house. was the disco. <laughs> but that night after the disco, we still had, we had moments. And I would glance at her and not say a word. And that's all I needed to do. I would just look at her. And, and I could see her looking at me the same way. The developing relationship I thought was handled better than it is in a lot of other movies. Mm-hmm. Where it wasn't like a montage. It was almost like you could feel them getting closer and closer. And they used this, this a couple of themes. Which I think was really cool. The, they used this this consistent theme that was either a guitar or the piano and they kind of merged them together. And, um, I felt like he was the piano and she was the guitar. And then when they actually got together in that field with those weird blue flowers, um, (laughs) they integrated the two together and it was like one song. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's really clever. And like this, this movie was a little deeper than I first gave it credit for. Okay. So you're talking about the score yes, and I, I didn't care for the score at all. It just had this Egyptian gypsy sound that just didn't fit the film. And that's just my, that's just my, uh, how I no, look I at it. No, I can see how that is. It was you like know? pre-hipster hipster. You know, I don't know what that means. Well, like. So it was ahead of its time. Yeah. You no, know, with all the pump up kicks. I mean, I don't yeah. know what you're talking about, <laughs> but it's actually was done by uh, Carter Burrell, who actually done most of the Coen Brothers movies and all Spike Jones movies. But this right. one, it just wasn't a good score. I believe they're called Spike Lee Joints. Thank you very much. No, Spike Jones. <laughs> oh, damn it. What the hell are you talking <laughs> Can about? Can you edit that out, too? No, no. You're on a good one tonight. Can you just stop talking about random other stuff and go back to the movie, please? Thank you. Um, so The score was the most important Did no thing. one else see how when Ed- Edward saved Bella, like, did no one else see that? Like, did he just run super there fast, so fast? Well, yeah, he ran super fast. And then fast, he jumped over? And then he jumped over and then, like, put his hand out and yeah. stopped the the van from coming. And then just bailed, by the way. Did you know? anyone notice that? He yeah. totally did. But, okay, so I know there was technology at this time. They all had cell phones and everything. Did not one other person, like, take a picture of this? Or he was too fast. No, he wasn't too fast when he actually jumped the car over to walk away from it. Come on. I mean, he just took his time on that. That was just kind of like, okay. Mm. Part of it, I got the idea that he had almost mystified everyone. Like he had almost stopped them from paying attention, oh, okay. saved her, left. And then, because right when he left, they all kind of converged. Yeah. Oh my God, what happened? Yeah. So it, I felt like there. He took the focus off of him and back onto her, but she had her total focus on him because he's Mr. Mystery Man. Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw the rest of the family look at like that incident like, oh, right. like, oh shit. shit, it's about to go down. I mean, okay, so here's my other question. All the whole family has to ride in this convertible to school. They switch it up every and day. And he drives the Volvo. No, they switch like, it up. Like alone. No, I'm, I'm just telling you, it was weird. It would happen twice, and I'm like, so four people in one car, one yeah. person. Yeah, let me ask you no, just, well, You have to look at it. They're a couple. He's the only one that's not a couple. Oh, yeah, so when he gets Bella, he actually gets to drive the Jeep and everything. Oh, yeah, like a little that, bit. Right? <laughs> How many cars do they have? Oh, I, obviously, I want their life. I want their house. I want their Obviously, cars. They, they, don't, they have as many as they want. Let me ask you something. What is the point of Emmett actually always standing up when he's <laughs> there's someone's driving the Jeep and he has to just stand? Because he's cool, man. He's not cool. It's like, hey, you're a vampire. You should actually be like don't more like, you know, Emmett. kind of like just... What? Like hide. Why? Because this you're is making what, this, is, this is what this movie makes it so cool. It's like... It does not make you yeah. cool. Imagine that cool guy. Imagine that cool guy driving. at school 
uh, at school, and this whole time he was a vampire, and no one even knew. And everyone was like, "Why is why is why is Jeremiah so cool at school? Like <laughs> no. he stands on cars in I, the back I'd be of a like, truck." Hey, I'm a vampire. I should probably just not be more recognizable uh, for standing on a car all the mm, time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. From there, though, they go instantly to that's when you meet Doctor Carlisle, yes. right? Colin, yes. yes. Doctor Colin. Let's come yes. back. Let's come back to that scene, so, Sean. Yeah, no, sorry about that. So once again, we have this kind of um, percolating in the in the background, this idea of missing people, that there's animal attacks, and then you've got that shared look between Edward and his, you know, quote-unquote father. And then all of a sudden, you kind of have this, this two parallels or two parallel stories operating at the same time. You've got what's going on in Forks. You know, people are dying, animal attacks, and nobody's really paying that much attention to it except for the people it's affecting. And then you've got Edward and Bella just falling in love over here. Mm-hmm. And the two kind of come to a head later in the story when they're playing that terrible game of baseball. But before that happens, how are um, we supposed to play Sean? How are we supposed to vampires play? I, vampires okay. are not supposed to play baseball. No, see, dude. Especially when you're so strong and you have all these amazing superpowers. I have zero problem. They wait for the thunder. I have zero problem <laughs> with them playing baseball. My problem is, is when you have unathletic actors trying to <laughs> play a game. It's like, okay, so there's a movie called Thomas Crown Affair. Oh, and, here's another. And, uh, and Pierce Brosnan <laughs> hits a golf ball. And it looks like... Charles Barkley on steroids. It's the worst golf swing I've ever seen in my life. This Alice pitching was torturous. It was the hardest thing to watch. They had to slow the film down, and all Jasper did was flip the bat around, and he was a lefty. He was standing you, on top cool. of the plate. That looked you, cool. No, he was you standing tried on top to do of that. the plate. But that looked cool when you he was flipping the bat. Did yeah. the, everyone try to do a bat flip First after that? <laughs> I don't freaking lie, Sean. You, we were in the college playing it. baseball, uh, so you tried to do that same bat flip. Yeah, I, I did. Except for I was cooler. Okay, you're way too far ahead, though. Anyway, we're, we're jumping ahead. Yeah, we're starting to figure out, or we're starting to get into the part of the movie where Bella is figuring out that Edward is indeed... Something. Something. And she doesn't know, and she goes to this weird, like... So they, they go, uh, her friends go to pick out dresses for the prom. dance, mm-hmm. for the prom, and they go up to, I believe... I want to say it was like a big city. Yeah, Port. It was Port something. Whatever. Anyway, they go, and she all she goes for is to go visit this weird off Indian bookstore. A uh, bookstore. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of buys the book, and then all of a sudden she gets confronted by these, Those these, people. these street youths. Yeah. Well, what led her to that is because of Jacob saying, you know, there's this myth. Remember when they went to the, the beach? beach? The beach, yeah. The push. So, the yeah, push. The push. <laughs> and... The, Jacob and his friends were like, "Oh, the Collins don't come here, you know." And this is a myth. There's a there's a reason why they don't come here. They're from another you know time, right? But yeah, I mean, she wanted to investigate and like, you know what? What's going on? What this whole like town? You guys are supposed to be all of a sudden descendants of the wolves, and then you, I have a who else over here? The people who are not like us, the yeah, cold ones. You kind of have the third, a little third leg of the story developing, which is. Uh, Native American Indians versus kind of vampires yeah. or the Cullens. And there's and a treaty. Sudden, yeah, right. So you've kind of got this. You re- She really, uh, Stephanie Meyer did a really good job of setting up the rest of the stories in the first book without really focusing. And I, I don't like Stephanie. I think she's a terrible writer. But you read every book. I did. But she's re- <laughs> she did really well at setting up the story to kind of get you there, which mm-hmm. I thought was was a lot of good foresight. More and it was for- pretty seamless, too. It wasn't like it took the focus off the main storyline, but she did do a really good job at that. She laid the foundation. Yeah. for I mean, for every single story after that. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was really... Just, that was the car ride after, I mean, with the back, going back to the bookstore. Right. That was the car ride that she got jumped by those guys in the, in yeah. the back alley. Which I have a question. 
Does Danger just follow her? Is she just yes. like special or was she's clumsy? She... Danger follows her. Plus, it got dark really fast. So how? Well, it is it is Northern okay, America. Yeah. I feel like it's super fast. Yeah. Like well, I Northern know, like, United States. I didn't know that Edward had like Tokyo Drift skills and just in his Volvo. In his Volvo and just came out of nowhere and whatnot. Everyone bought this type of car after this movie. Nobody bought this silver pussy car. And he comes out and everyone's Volvo like, went up. You, you can look at this. The, yeah. Their stock for Volvo went up. Nope. Dude, he, the wait. stock went up. Look at it. He comes out of the car, and the guy's like, "Hey, that was very dangerous." And he goes. Yeah, he does no, the he, said, he does the he dangerous. Said, get in the smaller. car. Okay, get in the car. There and is just nothing at. intimidating with Edward in this film. Clearly, right. you have not been faced with a vampire at night. Oh, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you want? He wanted to rip off the heads right there, and that was yeah. it. Yeah, I wanted him to flash his incisors, just like <laughs> or a hiss. <laughs> That's the, okay, well, that wasn't a hiss. The, the thing is, it, the, the camera tapered off, so you don't actually see. You saw the bat side of him, right? So he could have actually had his face out, his vampires. Anything could have been out. And that's think, what made it kind of cool. I think oh. the movie it didn't really have that much of a budget, and so I think they had to do what they had to do to go and actually you know, get from one scene to one scene. And so I think if it was a bigger budget, you would have probably saw something more, whatever his eyes would have turned yellow or red or so something like they that. They should have spent less time with montages and more time <laughs> on actually explaining kind of what was going on because one of the things that I don't like in movies or stories or whatever is when things just happen because they need to happen to bring the two characters mm-hmm. together. It's like, she's in this city. It, I mean, it's in Washington. At least we know that she's at this weird bookstore. They're picking out dresses. This can't be that far. And then from she home. wanders off by herself. And then all of a sudden some street youths come out of nowhere and want to rough her up. And I'm like, yeah. that's there. not, this ain't, like downtown LA. This is <laughs> <laughs> not that I have anything wrong with Jeez, that. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. God. So Edward saves her for the second time, and this validates her curiosity about him and wondering what he is because he cannot be human at this point. So they're in the car together, right? Right. And and she starts noticing things like he's cold. He and touches then, her. Yeah. yeah he, didn't he, touches. Eat, he didn't eat dinner. Yeah, he didn't eat dinner, which in the in the book, actually, I think he did eat something, by the way. I think he took a piece of her pasta, her penne, that uh, reminded her of Withering Heights, and she ate it, and he oh. ate it in front of her. I think that did happen in the in the book. And but touched- can, I'm sorry, can we just address the fact that it's incredibly creepy and stalkerish that he knew her every move and wherever she was? Like, or how yes, about- that was romantic because of the the fact that he's a vampire and he cared about her. But let's be real, that's just creepy. I'm just saying. I mean, come on. You're stalking in the room, watching her sleep. That is some creepy oh, that that is some shit. Creepy she shit. Thought, but they were together at that point. No, they no. were no, not. She thought it was no. She, he watch he goes, yeah, I before. usually kind of watch you oh, sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so he was the, watching her sleep before they even met. Exactly. She thought it was a dream. She thought it was a dream, guys. Lay off Edward. Okay? This movie was super <laughs> intimate, though. I don't know. It felt like everyone was really close together. And every time they had a conversation, I felt like it was it, the camera pushed in. And it was uncomfortably close the way that they were kind of pitting them together or spinning around. Yeah. There was a lot of camera movement. There was a lot. Well, I mean, like you said, low budget, a lot of montages, a lot of Ooh. music to people in weird yeah. meadows. I 
do have to admit, and I'll say this, that I think uh, Patterson and um, Stewart's chemistry is pretty out there. There's a reason you why see it. There's a reason why they dated. See it. There's a reason why they dated. After this is like, why we. All, had, that's right. That's why they dated, and we can all see it. Like, okay, we all there. <laughs> we all bought into it. Actually, when you think about it, like, okay, we get it. I'm going to watch the next movie, or I'm going to read the book. We all felt. We all went. The in chemistry for it. was there. It was authentic. It was natural. People was wanted real. them to get married in real life. Well, like they yeah, were I mean, uh, Edward and Bella. So we're going to take a break, have a little cocktail, and then we'll rejoin you shortly. Sean. Yes. Say it. Say that we just made another disappointing bite. Out loud. <laughs> or that I just made my own drink. Okay. <clears throat> you, were, <laughs> you were not a fan of this movie, I can tell. Uh, we'll, we'll just keep going with the movie, actually. I, I'll let the listeners feel my... Sometimes I like it it's, still. It's good to like instigate parts where there it's you know you're not enjoying a particular part. Like I did not personally enjoy any of the acting. I thought the acting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did particularly. It, did it change down the for other movies? No. Oh wow. No, they were just as bad. In fact, it got worse because they introduced more characters. You watched that, every movie and you stood in line and you got there early. First of all, I did not. I okay, so <laughs> yeah, I was in line for the first, the second, the third one. Oh, I, I was in line. You too. know, you keep telling we can't get off track. But when I was watching the fourth movie, I yelled out in the theaters, "This is not the book! What are you doing?" And then it's got that twist from the book. I was pissed. I was pissed. Oh, I've never seen Breaking Dawn. And I never read the Breaking Dawn story. You gotta, you gotta watch that one. Yeah, you have to. Well, Kim and we want to watch all, all of them. So, okay. we'll wait for you. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> we're into the confrontation where you actually find out that Edward is indeed. <laughs> Say it. Say it out loud. Out loud. Use the words. <laughs> anyway, what are you talking about? Like, what? you're you're incredibly fast. You're. You're super strong. <laughs> why, if you all of a sudden think that you're... Okay, you already decided in your head he's a vampire. Yeah. Why would you walk into yeah. the woods, into a lonely place? Yeah. So you've done your super, research. Super you've creepy. literally figured it out that you're, he's like this vampire. And you're like, I'm going to take him away from all my friends. I'm going to go into the woods. And then I'm going to confront you on my own. And be like, I know what you are. And I know that I'm going to be lunch. Right? <laughs> And then, and then Edward's like, what Can do I eat? Can you control your desires? What's the one thing I eat? You're not going to hurt me. It looked but like I fell for it. When all I was you watching need this is movie. love. Love is all you need. Oh, my God. I fell for it. I was just like, you won't do anything to her because you love her. You get, yeah. Then from there, you get a bunch of scenes where he's jumping around like a... Like a whoa, 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 whoa. This is with the montage. Was, uh, <laughs> Another uh, montage. And this was like vampire montage. Vampire powers montage. If you can outrun me... <laughs> yeah, um, and then the sparkle, of course, which I mean threw everyone for a loop there. Okay, so and once again, I understand Robert Pattinson had had an appeal, <laughs> but the way he revealed his sparkle was super creepy. Like you could have just stuck out your arm and be like, "Look, I sparkle." No, you've got to like un, you know unbutton a little no, bit. No, like he just, wanted it to be a scene. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted her to see him and want him. <laughs> I just don't understand why you're like, I'm a monster. I'm going to show you what a monster is. Look at is. me. I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of have this, this mirror. Well, once again, a montage of scenes where they kind of were in the woods, in nature, getting to know each other. And it reminded me a lot of, uh, I don't know if anyone's seen the original uh, Superman with uh, Reeves. But there's this scene with Superman and Lois Lane where they do their first flight and you get this music and it's like you're, Lois Lane is being introduced to Superman and his powers and what he can do. And she's writing a story about him. And that's what I felt like this scene was, was their 
they're meet cute. They're scene where they got to know each other and kind of figure out, oh, this is going to work. And you're not going to like, you know, gnaw on my femur anytime soon. So. What did you think about that scene when they were like laying on the meadows of the flowers next to each other and whatnot? Was that supposed to be like the biggest thing in the book or something like that? Because they really focus on that particular scene. It just show that their chemistry got together. But I don't think it was a big scene in well, the book. I, it, no, I, I think the colors of the flowers that were trying. I mean, th- th- once again, the visuals of this movie were a bunch of mist pine trees, green grass, and then like blue, 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 purple flowers. And you you had kind of like, they were just trying to make it, I think, like an iconic scene. Like what do you remember? Okay. But what I really liked about this scene was the fact that she wanted to like tease him almost. It was like, do you want me? I trust you. Like it was her show. Like she wanted to test the boundaries with him, and I, I really know, liked right? it. Like flirtily exposing yeah. her clavicle. Yes. <laughs> what was that line? What he like? You know, the lion fell in love with the lamb. What do you say? What is that uh, line? No, it's a, uh, I think it was a lion. It was uh, a lion fell a in love sadistic, with the lamb. Yeah, and a sadistic yeah. lion or and so the lion and so the lion fell in love with the lamb. He said, "I looked with a stupid what a stupid lamb I sigh with a sick uh, what a sick masochistic yeah lion. what a sick masochistic." <laughs> <laughs> that was the word that. But yeah. that was the scene where they both like became extremely vulnerable, and they showed each other that they could be safe with each a, other, yeah. and that he could put himself behind. I bought into it, so you. It, I, well, you know, I'm telling you, just, it was because of the music. You had the piano and guitar coming together yeah. in one song. You don't like the score, but, but I kind of went from I zero didn't to like 100. the gypsy score. It went from like zero to a hundred. It went from. Who the hell are you? Okay, I know you're something. Okay, you're a vampire. I trust you. I love you. <laughs> and then he got super clingy. Yes. So it, I'm just going to wait in your bedroom now every night. Yes. <laughs> and okay, so the other thing that bothered me was they were way too flippant about kind of the whole sex thing. Being sex is the fact that he wants to eat her. <laughs> like, he can't control himself. I can't control myself. My lust is too much. But it's like these high schoolers are taking it way fast. She's no, She's been there like a month or two at this mm-hmm. point. They're, you, like you said, it's like, I, you know, she went from who are you to I want you in my bed really yes. fast. I'm seeing, I want you, you to know. eat me but in different places. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry guys, shit. that was a little inappropriate. And then, uh, so this is where you also, we had Ray-Bans make their first and uh, most significant appearance. When best he gets scene. Out of the best uh, scene. It is the best that, scene. That's the best scene. I mean, um, honestly, I still ra- wear Ray-Bans to this day because of this movie. I wear fake bands because I That was it. the confidence <laughs> scene. It was like, look at me. I've got my arm candy. Let's go. Even Tristan, though, like uh, Bella, she walked out and all was, she liked it. You can tell a little bit like, oh, I, I'm with the guy that no one could get with. Yeah. Like, yes. Like, but all of us guys who were watching that movie were just like, we want to be Edward. I want to upturn Pico. I want a black cool. shirt. I and I want- <laughs> you bought me Ray-Bans that, my, that year, I, my I birthday. Did. You bought me Ray-Bans. It's like, I'm wearing this every day. And you look cool, actually. I know. You're still cool, bro. Yeah. I know that scene. That was, my, that was cool. my best scene. That was the, so my favorite scene. So one of the things that I think the movie failed at was developing the other Cullens, which I think, ironically, far more interesting than Bella uh, as a character. Because you had Jasper and you had Alice. Alice who, I, I mean, Alice. their histories were so cool. And I know we got into their histories later on uh, in the series, but it's almost like they, they didn't really come into play until Edward and Bella started dating and then all of a sudden the siblings were like disapproving and like, you know, not especially well, yeah, happy. because they were, they were nervous that just, she was going to expose them. Who's Nikki Reed? 
Rosie. Ro- Ro- Rosalie. 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 She was She's the, the one, one that was, yeah. She was the biggest one. like, hey, you can't just yeah, bring anyone in this family. Yeah, everybody else was pretty, <laughs> yeah. pretty good with her. But like, you know, the father and the they mother. They were cautious. They were just like really happy. Like, hey, Edward's finally got someone, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, we kind of got a history then, like during this, another montage where he explains to Car- why Carlisle turned him. It was in 1917, I 1919. Think? Yeah, Spanish, 1918. 1918. He was going to die anyways. Spanish influenza. Yeah. And then he, so he was first, first. And then the, and the wife was second. Yes. And... One of the things that I once again you kind of changed the the theme of vampires. They weren't monsters. They weren't the villains. They were actually the good guys that were the vegetarians. His family was his family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it kind of changed the dynamic in horror in vampires. Like it wasn't Dracula anymore. It wasn't this weird yeah. guy with three wives. It was something else. Sorry. Let's go back to the year he was born in the early 1900s. Uh-huh. So does that mean when you turn a vampire, your mindset freezes and then you just never grow and mature from I that think your mindset? body never chur- matures. Yeah, he was 17. So then that's kind of creepy. What do you mean? Because he would be significantly he's old. Yeah, he's 110 Well, yeah, years he's old. 100 and something years old. All of them. Even Carlisle, you think about his wife was probably... I don't, think, I don't think in this movie we learned where Carlisle came no, from. No, not this but movie. But what I'm but saying was, is, okay, so as we get older and our, our minds grow... As we grow, yeah, he was an old. Perv. We're attracted to people that are closer to our age, typically. He's so, an old perv. <laughs> because he was older, was he? Why was he still attracted? So you one get of what the, I'm saying? one of the reasons why that he was attracted to Bella, and this was not, and I will be the first one to say that if it doesn't appear in the movie, then you can't take it as gospel. But I will say in the book. He was attracted to Bella because he couldn't read her thoughts. That's not sorry. And it kind of was in the movie, but it wasn't like spot on. That was the appeal. It wasn't necessarily. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think that was part of his original hesitation. Right. But the fact that he couldn't read her, couldn't feel like that was the first time. Imagine being able to read everyone's thoughts, which is to me the worst superpower you possibly could Mm -hmm. ever have in your life. And all of a sudden you meet a significant other, you know, that you couldn't read. That is that's super. Appealing. That's gonna spark yeah. your curiosity. And then I think also you can see the rest, the rest of the family. It was she had this smell on her, right? I mean, like so even the rest of the family thought, like, oh, you get a whiff of that. Like she, like she does smell good. She got a stank on. Yeah, no, like obviously, <laughs> like her blood is fresh. Like she has a smell. She's she's pure blood. You know, that's the date, right? So then, yeah, then we get into like he brings her home. And there's that awkward scene. Badass house. Oh, the most amazing house. So for a long time, I wanted to be an architect. And this was the house that I would like draw in my dreams. Just It was a gorgeous house. Oh, it, makes you, it, it makes you just the want windows. to move to the Pacific Northwest. Oh, yes. just... No neighbors. Just perfect. So Edward's when, room was awesome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and no bed. It's the rooms ever, yeah. <laughs> so one of the things, again, is the mixture of old and new. So it's like you had this modern house. It wasn't a castle with a moat. They even make a joke in the movie. It was this modern house, but it was full of antiquities. It was full of things from their past. And I loved that. Well, we talked about this before, that Edward had the biggest music collection. I mean, could you think about from the 1900s to now, his interest wouldn't have been in movies and technology. It would have been in following the same consistent path that had been there the whole time, which was music. So also showed you all the graduation caps. So it showed you a little bit. I know it was a joke. It showed a little joke, but it showed you exactly. They're old. Like these guys are all old. And what I thought, I think what everyone was mad about the whole reason why Christian was in there of some of the family members uh, was because uh, Carlisle only changed someone like you were saying, because of if they were dying. Like it was a last resort. I'm going to change you into a family. Right. So, so she was here willingly 
And it just changed the whole aspect of the whole family's rules. Well, and skipping to the end of the movie, you know, when he said you have a decision to make, he would have been, Carlisle would have been okay with either decision, mm-hmm. either turning her or letting her pass away. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is a pretty... It's pretty telling about his character. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into the other novels that came after it, but Carlisle is an incredibly deep and interesting character. Yeah, I don't think they necessarily captured that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love the but actor the who did. played him, but the book really did. Yeah. So uh, one of the uh, things that we learned uh, that we kind of have a theme throughout the whole movie was Clear to Loon and the piece of music playing when they were going through his bedroom and then into down in the piano. And uh, of course, he plays the piano and he does it so elegantly. He's so, so freaking cool. He's so cool. You look he looks cool. He looks awesome. And he plays the piano and he's got cool Ray Bands and he's just awesome. I'm, I'm pretty just like, sure. And he you, likes classic music. He's I'm, basically me, only, you know. I'm pretty sure you learned the piano because of this scene. Oh, shit. I just <laughs> changed my universe. No, he played before this. Every, no. no, I don't think no, so. No, I played did around he, that time. I did this. Like this, a few years before and whatnot. Yeah. But, but this, Edward just made it look like it fucking coming. cool. Yeah. <laughs> So then we get into the baseball scene where we've got, a, once again, another great piece of music. We've got Supermassive Black Hole by Muse, and all of a sudden you've got this really, I mean, we talked about the scene already being that they're terrible athletes, but you've got this interesting setup where vampires are meeting vampires like out in, in the woods. And we have kind of the first time where the villains become actually the villains. We've got James... Victoria. Victoria. Oh, I forgot her name. And uh, Eddie. No, no. Well, that's his name. This is the actor's Laurent. name. Laurent. Oh. Laurent. 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 And they come and they kind of crash the party. And this is what I find interesting about this movie is I didn't really miss a, protag- a villain mm-hmm. the whole time. And then all of a sudden we get down to the end of the movie where, okay, they've gotten together. They're cool. And they're- then all of a sudden you're introduced with one quarter of the movie left, hey, there's a villain and he's after Bella. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting the way that they did it. It's almost like they broke it up into two movies, which is something Hitchcock does all the time. But I just thought it was, they were always there and watching it again kind of opened my eyes. They were always there, but they didn't become the villain until this moment. Yeah. Well, this, this scene was actually a pretty big one for Bella because it was her first real family outing with this family that she's kind of being grandfathered into because of her dating Edward. And so it's like, well, welcome to the family. This is the reality and this is who we are. And this is the new life that you're going to have to live if you choose to be with him. And that was also Edward's like first, like I actually put this person in danger for the first time. Mm -hmm. Like he's always trying to like prevent and everything. Yeah, it, was, it was nice to see them come together, like as a as a family unit. Even if yes. even if they didn't agree, it was still even her family. They protected they protected secretly her family, right? You know, in the in the. Well, there was a lot of hissing in that fight. <laughs> 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 Sorry, it just wasn't scary. You know, we were just like, oh okay. yeah, it's definitely not scary. <laughs> it was a, it was a romantic. <laughs> Sci-fi or romantic so like, fantasy. So James won't stop hunting Bella. Basically, throw his scent, throw her scent, and then everyone kind of breaks out. So we've got Rosalie wearing Bella's clothes, going through the woods, trying to you know take the scent away with right. with uh, Edward, and, it, and, and then it. you've got Alice and Jasper taking Bella to back to uh, Arizona, Arizona, I think. And then you've got kind of everyone else is doing something, so everyone's kind of protecting Bella. And and uh, then James and Victoria use the records of the school to to meet them in Arizona. Jasper was cool. Alice was cool. But they told you a little bit in the story, like, oh, Jasper, he's the newest uh, vegetarian. Vegetarian. 
I would not want to ride into a car with him all the way <laughs> to Arizona from Washington. So we've got Alice and Jasper taking Bella, and I agree with you, Eddie. You don't really want Jasper holed up in a car. That drive, by the way, is no joke. Yeah. So I drive to Oregon. It's 14 hours. And do they not need gas the whole way? Like, how do we stop? Isn't there going to be Once sunlight again, we somewhere? we have a driving montage. There's I don't understand why you're not getting <laughs> yeah. into this. It's okay. like 15 minutes, montage. 15 minutes, montage. Yeah. That's what they do. Now let's see the future. Then, she can do How anything. do you let the main person you're watching get away from you? Well, she snuck away, bro. She's James called her. They're vampires. They can smell her. No, no, no. They were, they were flirting at the at yeah. the front desk. James called her, said, I've got your mother. You've got to get away from Alice and Jasper and me. Meet me at your old ballet studio. What would you do instantly right there and there? I would tell the two fucking vampires yeah, I was with too. and be like, hey, this guy called. We not, need to kick his ass. I would not try to handle Time that out. by myself. I also, That's asking for death. Yeah. <laughs> instantly. Okay, let me hang up. Click. Hey, mom, where you at? Are you? I'll at least try calling back. <laughs> we all agree that Bella was not the smartest character, seriously, in so many ways. Come on. No, she's dumb dumb. She's dumb dumb. Anyway, so... Some good she, quotes, though, from there. She said, you know, death is peaceful. Oh, Life God. is harder. So I, I have to say it. I'm sorry. It I have good. to say it. The over-narration in this movie was just... It was almost as bad as Fight Club. But Cheesy. at least Ooh. I had an enjoyable Don't talk like that about Fight Club. Some people really like Fight yeah, Club. exactly. First word, do not talk about Fight do Club. Not talk about. The fight scene. The fight scene between S- Edward and James. Once again, I think the budget really showed right here during this part of the movie. Because I'm like, oh, this fight did not hold up. Like... <laughs> And there's a lot of hissing, a lot of teeth bearing, a lot of like flying across the room on wires that are clearly visible. And then you've got James Cam Gagnet or whatever his name is. And he's like trying. He's like at least a foot tall, taller than Robert Pattinson. I don't understand how he lost that fight. No, he's not. No, no, they're about the same height, actually. All right, because he got him in the neck. Maybe he was, and then his family came out of nowhere and flew in, or actually float in. Well, right, and then Bella's sitting there on the floor with her bleeding leg, being having been bitten by James, and she's like, "Ah!" (laughs) And Alice, Alice is just holding her hand like, "Uh, Carlisle, I'm about to kill this one." I have in my notes, "The fuck wouldn't you want to become a vampire?" It's the coolest (laughs) thing in the world. I said, "This is the moment." You want to be with me forever? Do yeah. it. I mean, you could be stuck in your body forever. forever. No she, wrinkles. But she never no talks for life. <laughs> forever young. He, you want to really live forever. Hell yes. yes. Could you imagine that? Forever. Well, first of all, okay, uh, uh, let me just rephrase. No, I want to die at 21 because I want to be at least be able to drink. But that's, that's beside <laughs> the point. <laughs> but honestly, how would you? How would you not want to be a vampire? It's everlasting life. She did. Your skin don't crack. You glisten in the sun. She did. You're just like the coolest fucking thing in the world. And she's sitting there, and she she has the opportunity. I, I she should have looked at Edward and be like, "Let me go. Let me be a vampire. Don't you suck out my poison." Yeah, no? because Edward, <laughs> I think so. No, <laughs> Edward was just like, uh, Carl. I don't know what to do. Give me my choices. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, buddy, you the can suck the you venom out. You're beloved as yeah. a vampire. It, I mean, it was in the scene, in the moment, and it was obviously, that's where you saw Carlisle. He was able to actually, you saw some good in him. Like, hey, you can save her, and she can still have a life, or you can turn her right now. Like, right. And, and Alice is already saying, like, I already see the future. She's about to be a vampire again. So it's like, <laughs> this is it. We'll just have you a vampire. You got to make your decision. Yeah. So one of my criticisms is, and once again, it's about the rest of the series, she doesn't become a vampire here. She spends the rest of the time between now and spoiler alert when she becomes a vampire mm-hmm. complaining the fact that she's not a vampire. Mm-hmm. It's like, my God, it would have been so much easier to just make her a vampire. She's, yeah. It's not even Edward's fault. He doesn't even have to like 
try not to kill her. But by I feel like it would have been her. almost too easy if she would have turned a vampire in that scene. It, it changed it. It was it, kind of like a tease, like, okay, well, now I really want to be one. When is she going to be one? And then eventually she was, so it was just like a whole nother I agree twist with for you. us. Well, when we go to the uh, prom night and everything, and you see him like, actually going to the prom. And, and then you think it's cringe. Yeah, and, and everyone's like, oh, they're going to go to dance together, and this is the moment when it's supposed to happen. That was a badass prom. I, I, my prom wasn't like that style. Like That was very fancy prom. Yeah, prom. no. And, and Jacob gives his pansy-ass warning that he got he paid about, to give. Showed out of nowhere. He's also a creep, too. He's like, yeah, he's he came out of the woods. With the weird hair. He wore I mean, a tie, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was terrible in that. But then we had we had some great music during the during the prom. We had Flightless Bird by Iron and Wine. Oh, they're so good. And that was such a good song. That was actually the, probably the most memorable scene and actually... You think about on, it. Everyone wants that to be their way. Oh, it was an amazing scene. Like that was probably like my favorite scene of the movie right there. Yeah. So I want to go back and just make one more comment. Ooh. Like when she woke up in the hospital and Edward kissed her on the fucking forehead. Did that bother anyone else? No. Clearly I think, not. I think he he realizes like, hey, I already tasted enough of you recently, so I don't want nothing <laughs> to do with you. I, I'm dangerous to be around right, you. Kissing right. somebody on the forehead is like. I care about you. It's not sexual. It kind of gave a little entree. Yeah, they were together. I know, but it was like in this moment, it wasn't I a care, sexual I moment. Really it was care. like, I really care for you yeah. deeply. I yeah. really hate that scene with Kristen Stewart where she's like, what, 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 what do you what do you Don't ever about? tell me that again. I can't get the words out because I can't remember the line. Agree. But it's set up for the movie too, if you think about it. Because Edward's already on the fence, is like, hey, like, I'm about to leave you because I'm going to kill you. So, I, think, like, I, I mean, some. we've all seen these these wonderful uh, stories get cut short after the first movie. Like Aragon, that terrible uh, dragon movie. They, there was like a whole series of them, right? And they only made one movie. That could have happened here. And we could have been left with that horrible reaction as our last vision. Well, that's why like, <laughs> I think they switched Retoria to she. Some people weren't even signed on to do this. Yeah, they, uh, so they, they made her, I think. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard. Howard, yeah. Uh, and yeah. they got so rid they of realized they got got or whatever. The movie ended up making a lot of money. So right. it kind of made a hit. So that scene, though, at prom where he picked her up, I'm not going to lie, I stole that. Yeah, so I remember that. I stole uh, that. Did you play this at your wedding? No, I didn't. Okay. I stole that scene though because when I first met Selena in 2010. <laughs> okay, so I, I, you know, what did I do, Selena? That first time with that song, what we did. She's like, I don't remember. It was Wait, like, which song? it was our first dance. I'm putting you on the spot. What, what did I do that made it? Oh, pick me up and held me for the entire dance. Oh, no. you know how hard he worked out to do that. <laughs> like 14 <laughs> weeks of terror. Oh, that was cute. Uh, all right, was, so we finish at the prom. We find out Victoria's alive, and once again, I think we're we're met with a great song, Radiohead. Oh. Twelve step. Fifteen steps. Fifteen step. I knew it was a number of steps. <laughs> <laughs> and close movie. Whew. That brings us to the inner review. Now it's time in the podcast where each of the hosts provides his score on the following scale. Eddie, can you provide me that scale, please? Yes, I can, brother. Zero, the perfect movie. You don't need shit to enjoy it. One, a feel-good first cocktail. Two, a happy buzz. Three, you're going to Uber or lifting home. Four, it's a rough morning watch of shame. Five, you black out, shit face, spring break drunk. Woo! Uh, gentlemen, let's actually, and ladies, gen, uh, gen, gentle lady, gen, gentle lady, gentlemen, and my Maybe them. We need to change the name of our podcast to Three and a Half Gentlemen and an Occasional Gentlewoman. Yes. Yeah, I like great. that. Idea. <laughs> um, let's start uh, actually with uh, Selena. Okay, so I think I'm going to give this one. You want to talk about it a little okay, bit why? First, I'll talk about it. So. <laughs> I feel like you don't well, come in here with a score. 
Okay, well, I kind of already have a score in mind. <laughs> so this movie for me was a really big part of my life. It was the only series or movie for that matter that I went to a midnight showing for because it just, it was a big deal for me. I read all the books. I watched all the movies. I was really invested and I literally wanted to be a vampire. So <laughs> I feel like I everyone wants to be a vampire. Everybody wanted to be a vampire. Except for fucking Edward and for Bella. Anyway, Except continue. for Jacob. But this movie, it was just such a feel good movie. And it was just, it, I feel like it just brings me back to like that time in my life, you know, where I was just that young 19 year old, 18 year old girl who was going into her early 20s looking for love. And it just, I loved it. I loved everything about it. And I'm not going to say it's the perfect movie because it was it had its <laughs> issues, but I'm going to say it's a one. Feel Ooh, good first feel cocktail. Feel good first cocktail. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Ed, what do you right, think? Selena, so I definitely agree with what she was saying. With It brought back a moment just re-watching this movie again, and I have it actually stored away in a special place in my heart because I, for some reason, I associate all these movies with my relationship with Selena. So, yes, don't look at that way with me, babe. But uh, <laughs> I was going to say, well, Awkward. I do because well, I, I really associate these movies with her because I didn't date, I wasn't dating her when I first watched this movie, but the rest of the series, I was, I did. So, um, so it's something you shared together. It's something we shared together. I mean, I, I was, unfortunately, I was that boyfriend that I went to the midnight showings with her every time because I actually enjoyed it too, secretly. So, and then I got really crazy trying to watch all of them before the the new one. So that was really hard times. All my friends, <laughs> all my friends joke about it and saying, "Oh my God, how are you watching all these?" But overall, the story was it developed, and this story actually, I felt like it it was a it was definitely better than all the other movies. I love the the style that everyone had, the dress style. You know, the it, it made me looked at my own attire and be like, you know what? I need uh, to ramp up my own uh, <laughs> closet here buy some Ray-Bans and a jacket. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it a three. All right. Okay? So I'm going to give it a go ahead. Uh, I'm going to Uber or Lyft home. Nice. Uh, Jeremiah. I feel like Twilight has this cult status vibe to it, this retro culture to it as well, I think. I remember seeing the legacy, if that's what you call it, you know, pretty much right there and then of this Twilight phenomenon, you know? And for what it was, and shit, we were all a part of it. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate the film for what it is, an escape to fantasy world for all those broken-hearted souls out there, but I'm still kind of annoyed of some of the flaws of the film. One, I don't want my vampire to be vegan. Two, I don't want my vampire to be all sparkle-motional out and everything like that. And three, I don't want my vampire to be... Uh, playing baseball and everything like that. But I like the chemistry of the leads, uh, but I think the acting falls a little flat half of the time of the film. Yeah. But what saves the film for me is the soundtrack. I think the music pretty much brought in this whole culture sound to the public. I feel like it's one of the top 15 soundtracks of all time. So for me, this is a three. It's a Uber or lifting home or calling a taxi <laughs> on the way. So that's, what, that's my scores for the film. So, <clears throat> thank you, Jeremy. Uh, I'll round it out. For me, I look at it, uh, I look at Twilight as, as kind of, is it above average? Or is it average? Um, I think this is an above average movie. I think the, the story was creative. I think that the acting was 
god awful. I think Kristen Stewart was just <laughs> fucking terrible. Robert Pattinson, you know, he should have stayed dead as Cedric Diggory. No, just, no, no, no. He, I think he was the best actor in this movie. Uh, maybe he was, but uh, Billy I, Burke was to me the the shining spot. He was the dad. Anyway, I, I think it had failures. But I think that it had something that I can't explain. It had an excitement to it. It had a style to it, like you said, Ed. It had a feeling that you just, it's undeniable. I'm sitting there watching it on the couch 10 years later, and I'm laughing, and I'm like, oh, man, I want a peacoat again. Like, I feel I feel the coolness that comes off this movie. And so for me, I think, I, I honestly think it's a two. It's a feel-good, or excuse me, a happy buzz. So, Ed, when you... Uh, Combine those four scores and divide them by four. Yes. What do uh, what does Twilight get us? Okay, I'm gonna confirm. Okay, it brings us at two point two five. Two point two five. And so, Jeremy, on our list of movies that we've reviewed thus far, where does that put uh, Twilight? It ties. It ties right next to Tombstone, actually. So it's tied in the seventh spot with Tombstone. Uh, exactly. I honestly think that's actually a pretty. It's a pretty good spot for it. I feel for like it. I, I can see that movie belongs right there. Yeah. <clears throat> if you've enjoyed our review or a fan of the podcast, we ask that you please subscribe wherever you're listening and leave us a five star review on iTunes. I cannot stress enough how important it is to write physical reviews. Get out your little fingers and type a small short review and give us five stars to help us grow on the charts. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at the dot gentleman podcast. Uh, you can visit our website where we keep you up to date on the movies that are coming up at the gentleman And if you want to reach out to us and uh, give us some fan mail or hate mail, please do so at hosts at the gentleman I've gotten a little hate mail. Uh, I have not uh, shared it with you guys, but it makes me, um, it's actually good. I like, I want to hear the results. Yeah, I like mostly it. it's negative against me, which I think is pretty much what I expected. <laughs> So thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Cheers, gentlemen and lady. Sid. This is disgusting. I'm never going to drink this drink. Okay, this drink is honestly the worst drink ever. Can somebody else drink this, please? No, I'm not drinking that shit. It looks like shit. It tastes like shit. Movies that we feel that have in some sort of way shaped our stories that have been... Throughout the time, and even how they've been told. In the <laughs> <future>. <laughs> Hold on. First time, how much oh, alcohol man. have you had? First time already? reading this. Hold on. Yeah. That was like seriously, like, oh, he's drunk. Oh, he's, yeah. oh, he's there. <laughs> he's, well,